here, man. We're here, guys. Welcome to the show. We have Detroit's own. Joining me here on the show here tonight, Bill and Isaiah Tape, available on all platforms. We should go check it out. Live on Sports Hip Hop with DJ Mad Max, Live 265, iHeartRadio, Valid and Stretch Money. What's going on, guys? What up, though? What up, How's everything though, going out in the D? Of course. How's everything going out in the D? Uh, Crazy weather. Crazy weather. Cold <laughs> out there? Cold, warm. It was like 70 degrees about three hours ago. But and now it it's was, back to it cold. Was winter time yesterday, so <laughs> yeah, global. What's, like what's literal, global warming? Literal, literal winter yesterday, and then today, yeah, it's weird. I don't think we live in a planet. No, it, it's <laughs> crazy how, especially me being out in Connecticut, where it'll be eighteen degrees at the beginning of the week, and then it's seventy out of nowhere. So that's the oh, times we're living. Man, I'm telling you, dog. Maybe what we going through ain't so crazy. Nope, I think it's the whole world. Yeah. <laughs> but valid, shout out. In, you based in New York, right? Where we'll park. Yeah, I, I'm. Well, with me, with going to St. John's and being in Queens, I, I like That's to put right. on for for Queens in New York. But I'm from Connecticut, so I'm always putting on for my home state. So the whole tri-state area, really. Dope, 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 dope. Yeah, and shout out to Bobby J for connecting us a few months back. That's your guy. Yeah. I know you guys collaborated before. Yeah, Bobby J had me uh, uh, on the joint with Hush and MC Search and uh, Canabo from D12. And uh, yeah, man, that's my guy. Bobby J's my G. He done been in my crib. You know, when he comes to Detroit, he done spent the night in my crib because it's close to the airport and everything. So shout out to the G, Bobby J, man. I want to, before we get into the whole Bill and Isaiah album here, I want to know, it, it takes money to make money. Valid, when was the first time you heard that song? Oh, bro, uh, it was... I recently got out of high school, so it was like 06, and um, I remember I was working for, who knows, man, a few dollars on the hour, you know what I'm saying, making sandwiches, and all of a sudden, this song fucking took took the radio over in Detroit, bro, like, it was, you couldn't turn on any hip-hop urban station and not hear this joint, and uh, it was crazy because... I just thought it was some new major label shit that that came through the 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 fucking tunnel, you know what I'm saying? And right. it was just like I thought it was some new cat named Stretch Money. And then when they were like, "This is some local, homegrown shit, Detroit shit, Stretch Money," I remember talking to my older cousin like, "Bro, this is the hottest song on the radio." Like that's I vividly remember hearing it on the way to go make sandwiches at a deli, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so vividly, man, you know what I'm saying? How did you guys initially link up for the people that don't know? I did my research on both of you guys' background, but let's get the story in here for the people who may not know how you guys, this collabora would eventually happen. But what was the first encounter between you two? Uh, it super was MC. Super MC, yeah. So mm. super, super dope, dope MC from Detroit. You may know of him. Taught you about uh, the rock shows, right? What was that? He, he taught you kind of how to rock shows. Yeah, man, yeah. I rocked a lot of shows with Soup as his hype, man. And uh, he had a relationship with him. And they had a joint together um, that they shot a video for. I was invited to the video shoot. And that's how I met Stretch. Um, and that's, yeah, it was through the it's, homie Big Soup. Yep, it's been on ever since, for real, you know. And then over the years, it's just grown. And it's uh, grown into, uh, you know, like, you know, other artists and MCs. And it's like, oh, let's do a record. But over the years, for us, it just kind of grown into a more organic type. Yo, man. I feel like doing the record. How you feeling? Hell yeah, let's cook something. And we go cook something. And it just became a more of a 
just a like a friend thing and you know and one day you know uh i was like damn man we should we should we should do something together man like just just for sentimental value you know no 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 major intention at first <laughs> you know so that's how it happened yep Supposed to only be five songs, and now here we are. We got a full <laughs> album rollout. We got five videos off the album. I you saw the I visuals too, and a merchandise rollout, and it's just it's it's crazy. Yeah, I, I checked yeah. out the album. I appreciate you for sending me the link. Commentate's my favorite one. If I had to have a personal favorite, dope, dope, man. I appreciate. Dope. it. I, I would expect that from you. You do a, a sports hip hop podcast, so it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's right from your leg, dog. Yeah, exactly. That was the one for me. But I love the whole rollout process, especially with the photos and how retro that you guys took it, because today's generation, I know you guys are more on the old school side of things, even though you're kind of putting on for the newer generation in your own way and keeping it real with the lyrics. But everything's all designer clothes now. I love how you were able to keep it with I saw Stretch Money rocking the Focus Ewings. And I, you had the starter jacket on in the photo, too. I love that paying homage to how it was in the golden era. Shout out Absolutely. to the homie uh, uh, Brandon, Brandon's Vintage Basement. That that photo shoot uh, that you speak of, uh, we were laced up um, by the homie Brandon Vintage Basement. It's a dope page. They collect and, and, and they're like a big trader in vintage gear, Detroit sports theme. So they got a lot of dope shit, Piston, Red Wings, Lions. But he had like the dopest collection of uh, 80s Pistons, Bad Boy era Pistons, merch clothes uh props like you know what i'm saying so this is like he was like look dog this is i just want to do it out of love let's let's do this sweet ass photo shoot let me get y'all you know yeah, laced like, up and, and and that shit was so fun i want to do it again for real i would do it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really felt like a time like when we walked in for that photo shoot i didn't know what to expect but when we walked in the spot and 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 uh and i saw all the props and the clothes laid out bro it was a straight up time machine. And when I put on them like windbreakers and them clothes that were, you know, really vintage from that era, I really did feel like an extra in like a, a, a like a boys in the hood movie, like in the background somewhere. Like it was just that <laughs> era just came to life, like late eighties, early nineties shit. It was just like, holy shit. It was a time machine, time capsule for real. You could tell that, and I appreciate you paying the homage and everything that you're doing out here for, for the hip-hop heads, but we get into the sports talk, too, because it is the bad boy Pistons. It's, you know, the two rings. Isaiah Thomas, one of the greatest point guards all time, no doubt about it. I know he gets a lot of hate, but what's your feelings on the whole Michael Jordan, Isaiah Thomas feud that's going on and Go been going on for years? It seemed like to me that Mike's a dick and I'm on, I'm on Isaiah's side. Like, hey, look, Isaiah said, Isaiah said when Mike came in, he was the one that welcomed him in, gave him a warm place to stay, family, a pass through the ghettos of Chicago. That's poor. That's, that's we talking a different level of respect that should have been there. And it's like, you know, it's like Tommy, it's like Tommy Guns going against Rocky and shit. When when Rocky pulled Rocky him five. In, pulled, him, pulled him out the out the cold, you had Adrian feeding him and shit. You know what I'm saying? And then he go against him like that. So for me, it's it's personal like that. <laughs> you know, 
And I think there's more to the story that either one of them will ever speak about publicly. Like when Isaiah says something like that, like, yo, my family took care of this guy and something, there might be something there that's not meant for the public to know. Maybe some type of personal, somebody in the family did something, who knows what, and we only see the surface level of yeah. it. You know, the public, you know, I'm sure, I would assume that there's something there that neither MJ or Isaiah would, would be feel comfortable talking about publicly to the world that is a real driving force behind this shit. Because yeah. <laughs> it's been like 40 years now, dog, and it's still going. Exactly. <laughs> but you know, they, they really was on the court and playing. That's like fighting. Like, you don't forget yeah. how many times you fought a motherfucker. And back then in the like, NBA, they were really fighting. Yeah, the court, really. like, so it's like, that shit is going to stick. For a long time. Grumpy like, old man, bro. Yeah, like, shit. <laughs> I feel like I, I might have some bitter rivalries. We're, 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 and we're shit. biased, dog. It's Detroit. Isaiah Thomas is like God around here. You know he is. And, and it's unfortunate with the whole beef with Michael Jordan and everything because he should have been on the Dream Team. That was totally Michael Jordan. We all same. know that. Yeah. We all know that. I just saw recently Isaiah Thomas was talking to Carl Malone, and Carl Malone denied any type of like secret meeting. He was like, man, I, I swear uh, on my life. My bad dog, he's still All good. Me. You're good. good. Uh, he was like, man, I swear to you that, he goes, if there was a secret meeting, I didn't have nothing to do with it. I don't know if you saw that clip, Carl Malone was saying that shit. Well, he has but, a lot of uh, secrets probably. I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised. He's controversial in his own, so. <laughs> Carl Malone, yeah, yeah, he's he's not looked upon with the, with the uh, most, uh, positive grace about him <laughs> yeah, right no, yeah no he's he's got some skeletons in the closet but I, i'm pretty sure, sure does, I, yeah. i'm pretty sure they're out but B bill lambeer he, to me he's underrated he never gets brought up he's one of the all-time greats hey not to get not to make it back on some rap shit but it's not just a gimmick when we say bill and isaiah we really feel that way this is the isaiah of rap at least in our city like you know what I'm saying? And, and, and I think a lot of us feel, or me and him and the people on our team and the people who helped us bring this project together, I'm the Bill Ambeer of hip hop. What you just said, dog. <laughs> <laughs> Tall, lengthy, white guy doesn't get his props, but we're going to change that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. And Bill like Ambeer was a beast, bro. He was. I, and I know people always, because they, they were the bad boys, people thought they were dirty. Cause they, but that's how basketball was back then. If you look at the, I'm a big Knicks fan. So if you look at the 90s Knicks, they were dirty too. Oakley and all them pushing people. Bro, punch. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, brother. You know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you want to win or no? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Crazy, but you guys run deep here in Detroit, and I know Stretch Money, your guy growing up was Eshamp, so you were able to do a performance with him back in November, and he called you and asked you how you were doing and everything. So you guys got a close relationship. Yeah, that's my dude, man. Look Dead up Flowers. Dead Flowers bro. classic. That's big bro. Like, yeah, definitely one of, like, you know, somebody I look up to, I hold high praise, I respect. Um, you know, he's all he he's always uh when i ain't gonna say always but we've grown to a point where like you know he gives me wisdom game ideas you know um shit you know and he's still hella active so yeah that's my dude 
underrated horrorcore. He's he's top up there for the horrorcore. Yeah, part definitely of the top. Yeah, he's definitely of, the yeah. top. You know, shout out to the up. Uh, you know, you know King Gordy. You know what I'm saying? It's a it's a, it's a lot of them in yeah. there, but. Yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. Detroit has definitely done its part um in 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 uh contributing to the horrorcore hip hop. Absolutely. Play I like way more to join it. Yeah. yeah, like 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 King Gordy, yeah. like Esham and, and quite a few others. Even D12, you know what I'm saying? They had joints like that. And um so yeah, Esham is shout out to Esham, one of the the kingpins of Detroit hip hop straight up. ICP, I know they had their own thing out there. Yeah, they got their own thing. And that hustle, man, they they you know, they got they they created their whole lane. And the crazy thing about ICP is is like in real life, there's some they are like genuine hip hop heads. Yeah, like, they are. Absolutely. It, it's it's it would surprise Absolutely. people of how deep their hip hop knowledge and like underground hip hop that how much they fuck with it. Like it it, it it's pretty Pretty crazy and pretty impressive. I actually, you would never expect it. No, no, you would. And and when we look at underground hip hop in Detroit, do you feel like it's getting its respect right now? Hmm. I'll let you answer that, Stretch. <laughs> uh, I like to say so, on many different levels. Um, absolutely. Um, yeah. On on um from the hip hop side to the streets, absolutely, we are getting our respect right now. You got to think when you can see. Uh, collaborations like when when you when you got cats like Bodie up under the Alchemist tree, and we can get we can get tracks like Currency and Bodie together. Mm -hmm. You know we can hear Action Bronson and Bodie, and you know shit like that. Crazy collaborations, and so yeah, uh, I like to think that on both sides of the game, we getting the respect in the streets. I it, there's no uh if ands or buts. What's happening? As far as the artists that's running the streets, that's in the streets, the street artists, they got the rock right now. Right. And the reason why I can confidently say that is because when you got uh, Tennessee, Memphis, Kentucky, Minnesota, whoever, when they're, uh, you got people from other cities and states making their music in our likeness now, that means we got the rock. So shout out to the homies. I, yeah, I just saw a clip. Uh, it could have been New York, New Jersey. I forgot where, or it could have been, it could have been LA for all I know. I forgot, but just somebody recently posted on a, a clip of, of some local rappers from a different city, like talking Detroit shit on their song. And they're not even from Detroit. Yeah. And, and they had one of them Detroit street rap sounding beats or whatever, you know? And it was just like, it kind of amazed me where I was like, Holy shit, dog! Detroit done did it again. Like, and when I say done did it again, I mean like, even on the other side of it, like, Jay Dilla influenced hip hop. You know, some would say more than any producer ever. You know what I'm saying? Arguably, and like when he came through, like when he came through, it was like all of a sudden it was cool to have these like smooth ass, soulful ass records. And there's always been that, but Dilla took it to a place where like. Pharrell was on that, Kanye was on that, you know, that slum village sound like trickled its way into pop culture and like bigger artists started having oh, that yeah. soulful vibe. Slum Village is on Larry June, The Great Escape right now. Mm. Yup. 
So that's, that's right. the shit. That, that's what I'm talking about. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Like, so obviously the respect is there when we have the liberty of hearing these type of collaborations where, you know, uh, for a long time, Detroit was just us in our world and we weren't shared with everyone else. It was a full blown Detroit ecosystem. Right. And now it's, you know, it's a broad and vast situation for everybody. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. No, I, I definitely get it. And you brought up Jay Dilla before valid and you have a relationship with his mother. I heard she wanted you to win the contest for a special painting that was made of Jay Dilla for <laughs> yeah, you. Right? Dog. So, uh, you do some good research, bro. Yeah, man. Um, so I got a so Dilla's mom helped me uh tremendously in 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 my musical endeavors. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to my dukes, shout out to Illa J. Um, shout out to Uncle Herm, the whole Yancey family. I love y'all, you know what I'm saying? The only one I really ain't met was uh Jay Dilla himself, you know what I'm saying? Rest in peace. I met yeah, rest in peace. I met the whole bloodline. Right now, we're in uh DJ Head's crib, who's my DJ and producer, who was super tight with Dilla. You know what I'm saying? And he's all up in the Dilla Town book. So it's like, it's almost like this ghost <laughs> to me. You know what I'm saying? That's just like, damn, I came in the hip hop scene locally just a few years too late to ever meet Proof and Dilla. But both Proof and Dilla's moms, it's kind of creepy. Both of their moms really might have played the biggest role. In, in my career and like jump started everything for me, bro. Man, I think it's just um just... oh my bad, my bad. But no, to answer good, your you question, yeah. So uh my dudes was at this uh hip hop event and she has artwork from all over the world. Like I've been to her crib and when I walked in the living room and I saw how much just fan art was mailed to her ever since Dilla passed. I was in awe. I thought I was in like a Jay Dilla museum. Right. You know what I'm saying? And uh so she has so much of it that she really can't even like keep it all. You know what I mean? So she'll like sometimes give some away, like raffles and stuff like that. I go to this hip hop show and uh, um, they're doing raffles and they got this like sweet oil painting of, of Dilla on a canvas that I don't even know what country it came from. And it says 09. So whoever the artist did it, he signed it, put 09 on it. And I got it hanging at the crib. So I bought me a raffle ticket and I won. And uh, so she didn't give it to me. But she did say, she came up to me, she goes, I just told DJ Des that I hope you win it because you deserve it. <laughs> so that was, that was, that was uh, 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 close enough of her giving it to me. Hell you know yeah. what I'm saying? Hell and uh, yeah. that's one of my, you know, that's one of my um, things that I own in the physical that uh, has probably the most sentimental value to me is because I know it's a one-on-one and uh, it came straight from my Dukes herself. So. I'm going to always cherish that piece. That's amazing that you have that. And, and always keep that sacred, too, because that's something that's irreplaceable in this room. Irreplaceable. Yes, sir. Stretch Money, Royce to 5'9", when he gave you that cosign, that was, that was big time. And he told you, he's like, I want you to do something to get on that track. And you were just like, hell yeah. And you you worked with him. Yeah, absolutely. It's always a pleasure and an honor to work with the, work with the Lord. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. To, to one of the top lyricists in the game. Fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hands up. Yeah, Hands hell up. yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we uh like like with Royce, like it's he's he's at the top and hell high, like 
all over, but like here at home, it's like whether you like him or not, he is who he is. Like, and that's the big homie for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He just dropped the EP too, man. The yeah. Shit. yeah, he got a joint with Red Man that go hard. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, like uh yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, like <laughs> <laughs> come on, you know, like it's like that motherfucker Royce and like Elzai, it's like, you know, we be more shocked if they didn't get off. <laughs> you you already know how they come. You yeah. feel me? Like it's like what type of what 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 type of colors is he putting on this canvas this time? That's how I look at it now, you know. Exactly. One of the all-time greats and yeah, what he's done man. not only for D12 but hip hop as a whole and the underground keeps it real. I I want to get into the, the side thing because with, with you stretch money, you're also in some movies. You do some movie work. Cable movie, is that right? Yeah, man. I'm on Tubi in the cable movie yeah. and shit. <laughs> yeah, shout out to uh, uh, the movie is called Detroit Cable Connection. Detroit Cable, yep. Yep. Shout out, shout out to my dog that put that together. Um, he got a couple more movies he's working on, but yeah, I am in the Detroit Cable Connection on Tubi doing some gangster shit. And then shout out to my dog Jigsaw, Jacoby Films. I'm in his movie. I fucking uh shot Redbone and shit. I shot <laughs> I, I shot and killed someone. You know what I'm saying? Along alongside uh Big Hurt, which is another legend here at home. And it, like one of one of my, you know, like I hold him up just like Esham. That's that's my big dog. So um, yeah, I got to act alongside him and kill some motherfuckers. And um yeah, and um, <laughs> my man, no, listen, the same guy that got that movie out, he got a new movie out called The Coney about the Coney Islands here in Detroit, and he used my record featuring uh, Ice Wear Vezo and KDZ, uh, Coney Island, produced by Gino XO for the movie. Bang. So, there we go. I got that, that shit out. <laughs> Congrats! <laughs> now, are you looking to take this acting thing even further? How do you? How did you feel once stepping into a role for this? Because it's an outer body experience. A lot of actors describe it that way. Uh, I haven't. I haven't gotten to the role where I get had where I get to do that. But I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I want to. I want to definitely pursue an acting career and uh, see if I can shoot my shot out here. Like I do want to put some shit down. Like, be, I would love to be in, like, BMF's Snowfall, you know, put me in some of that shit so I can get off. I can yeah. see it happening. But then, you know, I can also be Councilman Tate in power, too, you know, so, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, no, I could see it, definitely. That's big Yeah, man, hey, man, hey, man. That's big time, but... I'm trying to go with, with each one of you guys' history, but valid but with meeting DJ Head. You were able to meet him when you were in a cipher, and he actually recognized you. I heard, and you took down his number. He didn't recognize me. Uh, he didn't know who I was. Um, he, he heard your, what you were doing in the cipher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, uh, at that time, man, I was brand new on the scene. And uh, I'm going to just keep it frank. I wasn't even that good uh, at the time. <laughs> and uh, But we're outside at this place called uh, the 5E Gallery. So shout out. Michigan. You know, around, yeah, on Michigan Avenue, 5E Gallery. And the 5E Gallery for a few years was 
back in the day in Detroit, there was a hip hop shop and then there was the Lush Lounge and there was Alvin's and there was these little hubs of, of, of Detroit hip hop where you went to. And for a few years, there was a spot called uh, 5E Gallery. And uh, we would be up there every Tuesday night was like the open mics and just a lot of young cats in the city um, would go up there and do their thing. And DJ Head would be up there. You never know who, who, who might walk in. You know, Amp Fiddler may walk up in there. Uh, DJ Dez from Slum Village was up there often. Um, so it was dope. And I knew the name DJ Head. Like I knew the songs that a guy named DJ Head produced for Eminem and D12. I never knew what DJ Head really looked like. Like I knew, I knew he was an eight mile, but you know, it was kind of like a background dude. You know what I'm saying? And, and I really didn't know if I saw him, if I was really looking at him or not or whatever, but I was uh, brand new on the scene. We outside ciphering at like two, three in the morning, bro. Uh, Michigan Avenue. And uh, this dude walks out. DJ Head, who I don't know is DJ Head at the time. And one of the dudes says, oh, shit, what up, DJ Head or whatever. And I'm looking at this guy. I'm like, man, DJ Head. I'm like, that, that, that is, uh, that sounds mad familiar. Like, where do I know a DJ Head from? Like, it, it wasn't clicking right away. And then somebody said, like, Purple Pills, Renegade and shit like that. And I was like, my head, like, started, like, putting the pieces together. I'm like, oh, shit, that's Eminem's DJ, DJ Head. Mm. That's the producer that made like without me and, and a lot of them classic D12 joints, exhibit joints, you know what I'm saying? Things of that nature. And I was like, oh shit. So yeah, man, we was rapping outside and I highly doubt that like lyrically I was the best one, you know, in the cypher that at that time. But for whatever reason, Head was like, it's something about, like, he said it in front of everybody too. He was like, it's something about you, bro. He's like, you got a lot to work on, but you, it was something about, I guess, he would say my 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 showmanship. So even if like at the craft at that time I wasn't the best, it was just I guess the persona or something like whatever you know uh, resonated with him. And this is very similar to what Proof's mom said when she saw me perform for the first time, and I just found out it was Proof's mom, and she just saw like eighty rappers perform at like a local hood spot, bro. You know what I'm saying? And she got on the mic. And Poop's mom was on some like, uh, you know, to make it in the form of any form of entertainment, whether you're rapping, singing, comedian, whatever. There has to be something about you that motherfuckers like have to like about you before they even hear you perform your craft. You get what I'm saying? Like before we even hear you tell a joke, we already know if we like the comedian or not. It's something, you know, whatever. And she was like, and there was one dude in here that stuck out to me really, really uh, 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 like, like dope as hell and she was like where's that white boy with long hair and she pointed <laughs> at me dog and she was just like please sir keep doing what you're doing you got a lot of work to do but it's something about you that 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 just people gravitate and you grab people's attention and i think dj head might have said something along the same lines and ever since then me and him slowly but surely me and head got tighter and i would come over here when i would have a new release and i'd be like yo head check it out and I was always like super nervous coming over here because I'm like, this motherfucker done shared the studio with Dr. Dre many nights, you know, M and, and was in the lab with Redman. And so like, here I am just like a local rapper. I know in the back of my head, like I got a lot to work on flow, cadence, breath control. So I'm even nervous to play this shit in front of him. I'm thinking he's going to tell me like, get the fuck out the crib. But he always embraced me. And he was always just like, all right, you got to work on this. You got to work on that. You got to work on this. 
And the more I would do that, the closer we would get to the point where like, yo, at this point, he's coming to the lab with me and and, and producing these records with me, like making these songs with me. So yeah, shout out to DJ Head. We're in his basement right now. You know what I'm saying? And uh, if I turn the camera around, you would see all the- I see all the vinyls, there. which is crazy. I did see, I've been observing from afar here. Yeah, man. If I, by the, at the end of the interview, I'll, I'll, I'll detach the camera from the little uh, thing that it's sitting on, and I'll show you some cool shit. I think I see some plaques back there, too. Eminem plaques. Yeah, there's some yeah. plaques. What you see back there is uh, the D12 uh, Devil's Night album, um, some type of European or Canadian award, Marshall Mathers LP with his name on it, and there's many more over here. <laughs> Grammy award winning. Grammy award winning, yes, sir. Crazy shit. Crazy. <laughs> and you guys, I've been working with him for, so Stretch so stretch Money, tell me about your introduction with DJ Head because as Valid just told his story, what's your story with DJ Head? Well, for me, it's through Valid. It's through Valid. I never, never met him until through Valid. Like, you know, I was aware, but um, I met DJ Head through Valid and it's been a, a tremendous, glorious experience. I mean, like, you know, I was I was raised to respect my elders and, um, you know, I, I know how to listen and learn and to be around somebody like him that did what he did, man. It's, I'm just honored and grateful. Like I'm down. I'm down here in this basement, too. So I'm a hip hop lover. It's no way that I couldn't be in full respect. I love this dude. Like, I wish I could, I, I would, I would show you what he bought me, but I'd be quirky as hell. Like, I, he gave me a gift today. It was crazy. Like, so that's my dude, man. It was de it's definitely mutual, too, the other yeah. way from DJ Head to Stretch. Because yeah. I remember before I, uh, I introduced Stretch to Head, you know, it was Stretch, like we said earlier, it was Stretch's idea to do this project, you know? And um, I remember telling DJ Head, like, dog, I think Stretch wants to do, like, an EP or an album with me. And Head's, like, eyes lit up. He's like, dog. That would be the most different, uh, unexpected, as DJ Head calls us, we're the odd couple. Like, the shit don't make sense. Like, this dude is, as hip-hop as Stretch Money is, on the surface, like, most of the, 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 the uh, common people of Detroit, when they hear Stretch Money, they think, like, he's one of the lords. And he is one of the lords of, like, that street style that we were talking about earlier. Absolutely. That, 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 Peasy, Payroll, Vezo, uh, 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 Grizzly, like that lane. And he's one of the, the godfathers of that. While whoever knows about me, they're probably most likely going to group me with the Guilties, the Fat Cats, the Elzai's, uh, the Ty Ferris, the, you know, the more boom bap, hip hop, blah, blah, blah cats. So for us to come together yeah, and do a just project, how the fuck did these two even come to? How do you even make this add up? Like, and Bill that's and what's so Bill and Isaiah about it, dog. Yeah. That's what's so Bill. Two different people, two different walks of life, two different backgrounds. And when DJ Head saw the picture, he was just like, "Dog, we about to bridge the gap, straight up." Yeah. Well, when, when listening to this album too, especially the way the cadences and the guys that you were attacking the beat just taking turns, it was almost like it reminds me a lot of Capone and Noriega and what they did on the War Report. Man, I appreciate that. I, I, I can see that. Yeah. I respect and I respect that. You know, the War Report is a uh, like that's a historic album. So yeah, thank you. Appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, Thanks. definitely certain certain tracks that I could tell on there where you guys because it's just how you branch off of each other and you keep the track going and you the rhythm. It was similar, like I said, what CNN did on that War Report album, yeah. which is 
crazy. I think we got a really good like chemistry. We got a really good chemistry and flow together, and we we're both great at composing. Mm. Like Valet's a great arranger. You know, we both understand the art of creating a great song. The the what it is to make a great song, like a song, like not this new shit where it's a long verse and a and a and a little bit of a chorus. The song is one minute and thirty seconds. Like no, we we really from the time of like when I started loving rap, it used to be four verses on the song. Like you know what I'm saying. So we come from that, and we really this Bill and Isaiah is just the beginning. It's just the first taste of us actually uh, being able to utilize and express who we are on these records. Like we've we've both collectively uh, i like to think with our last two or three projects of peace solo we've been growing into a more of uh uh expressing and delivering who we are through the music with concept projects concept eps things of that nature so coming together it was just like uh an explosion like like you know both both great artists coming together to kick some ass so and that's another thing we chose not to like be lyrical miracle rapidly rap come to go against all the fellow mcs and peers and shit and yeah we could fuck y'all up I, it was like nah let's let's go this way let's make some great fucking music that let's make some great music it's, you know? it's, it's something I think me and Stretch share. You know what I'm saying? This might piss a couple hip hop heads off, but like, um, I can't think of any. We do it often in, in hip hop. Like we rap about how dope rappers we are, and I, I think I've gotten to a point. Like I'm not really young anymore, bro. Where that rapping for rap's sake, and uh, like I, I've never seen, uh, to my knowledge, a rock song that expresses how dope of a rock band they are or, or a jazz musician make a song about that. You're making a song about something. And, and, and uh, I don't know, man, just like making, making, I think, I'm not saying that I can't do it or I'm never gonna do it again, but the, the idea of just like a dope beat and, and, and a dope verse with just fresh ass lyrics on top of it, it's a little bit played out to me, dog. It's for me personally. I'm not saying that it itself is played out. It's obviously not. That's never gonna go nowhere. That's a part of hip hop since day one. But for me as a writer, I don't get um I don't get that itch to like write of just a dope verse, just just rappy rap, like just dope bars anymore. I don't like, like I got I gotta write no more neither. Yeah, like I gotta write like, about something. Ooh, I don't like what's when somebody what's what, what's going on. I don't like when a motherfucker want me to get on the song and it's like that. <laughs> there you go, dog. I think, and you know what, man? When you listen to like, I think that is something um, about maturing as an artist. Like even now, man, like when you listen to Jay, you know, 444, it's, it, there's always going to be flamboyant. Like we, we talk a lot of shit on this album. There's a lot of braggadocious you lyrics, do. but it's all... It's all woven within us under the umbrella of a certain topic. You get what I'm saying? And I think when I listen to Jay and Nas for the most part nowadays, and I listen to like some of the, the grown man MCs nowadays, 
I see that kind of the same way with them as well. You know what I'm saying? They realize the same shit. That's yeah. why Jay-Z gave us an album and told us how to get our credit score up. The <laughs> <laughs> yeah. fuck else is it? What the fuck else is oh, it for baby. him to be or for him to talk about? No, I play your position on these records. You the elder now. Give us the game. You know what I'm saying? Find a way to rap it. And that'd be another thing. Uh, do, how, how comfortable you are with finding different things to talk about. You know what I'm saying? When we did it, when we did like every song, you know, you heard it um, before anyone else, Max. So I like, appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely, brother. And it's like every song kind of has its own topic, its own concept. And um, and like I said, there's a lot of shit talking and just fly ass bars. And there is lyrical rap, whatever the fuck you want to call it on there. But it, that's not the focus. It's it's. There's a topic of the song, and again, like it's only exciting for me to talk shit when what are we, what are we really saying? What's the underlying theme of this song that I'm gonna talk this shit on? That's just where I'm at with my artistry, and I think you know that probably goes for both of us. I appreciate the skits on there too, with the post games and the commentaries and all that. I like how you added that all in from the the old bad boy piston days, of course, with the team. But I am curious to know especially because we talk about song making. I know with you, Valid, you have a lot of influences, not only in hip hop, because you like Slick Rick, Common, Nas, those are your, those are your guys, but you also like Sade. So you think when you venture outside of hip hop, that kind of leads you more Absolutely. to be like creating songs. You have to branch out, not just within the genre. If uh, you listen to this album, um, and you listen to my last full-length album, the Mihailo album that came out in 2019. That big time album, um, reposted by Ghostface Killer. Yeah, is that, thank you. Um, you're going to notice that I don't think, I don't think, I'm pretty sure, I'm like 95% sure, no two songs on either Bill and Isaiah or my Mihailo album have the same structure. None of them are two verses and the hook plays three times. None of them are structured the same because I'm old school. I know we live in an era where everything is single driven. A lot of like popular artists are done making albums. They just drop singles, drop one song a month for the rest of their lives. And if that's what you do, that's cool. But that's just not my kind of art. I, I want to, you know, make statues and sculptures and movies and shit. And when I listen to Sade, when I listen to uh, 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 more modern, when I listen to like like Anderson Pox albums, um, you know, just to bring it more modern, um, and, and Patrice Russian, like that's that's another singer of mine that I, I I ride to that shit, bro. If I'm in my car, eighty percent of the time, bro, I'm not listening to rap unless I'm with like somebody else in the whip that wants to do that. Eighty percent of the time, I'm listening to fucking Sam Cooke. Sade, you know what I'm saying? Uh, 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 things of that nature. When, like, I listened to like an Alicia Keys album, for example. The songs, the song structure and the flow of the songs, um, and it's is just more creative. It's not as uh, redundant as like most rap music is, and I'm not, I don't say that to put rap down. It's not trapped inside a structure. It's not trapped inside eight bars, 16, eight, uh, four bar intro. And it's like, that's why I know the hip hop heads are going to come from my fucking throat when I say this. That's why a lot of 
dope rap albums did not age well because in the modern day, when you go back to listen to them, the shit gets redundant after two and two minutes, two and a half minutes. And a lot of them classic, like I shouldn't say classic, but like a lot of them dope albums from the 90s and, and, and albums that we liked in the early 2000s. When you go back and you revisit them now with a modern ear, it's like this really isn't as creative as it could have been. Like there isn't certain drops in the beat. There isn't certain switch ups. Nah, like I listen to like Anderson Pop, and there's like a dope little two bar bridge. And I just think, and, and honestly, who I'm also salute for that shit is Kendrick Lamar, man. Kendrick makes masterpieces when it comes to song structure and keeping the shit flowing and different and, and unpredictable. And you can see with Dr. Dre's Compton album when he dropped that in 2015, 2016. For the soundtrack. Same thing, man. Yeah, that album was sweet as fuck. And the songs were all structured differently. You never knew where it was going, where the beat was going to change. And I just think, you know, Hip hop. I can't let finally... you. I can't let you shoot down all them. Albums I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. You, know, you gotta. It was motherfucking. Illmatic is one of the greatest you know albums ever. Like, you feel what I'm saying? Know, those type of albums that shit you talk about is like Ja Rule and shit. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> all I'm saying, dog, is I finally in my my theory is like hip hop is now great. Like getting old enough and it's evolving to a place where we have subgenres. We have grown man rap, like 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 Jay-Z 444. We still got like the trap shit. And I just think the the art form is evolved and it's not as elementary as it was 15, 20 years you ago. You know who I don't want you know who I think deserve the credit for that shit? What up? Motherfuckers like Drake and Wayne. I love Drake. I love Wayne. And they're like, dope as fuck. As far <laughs> as like, you know how like how like how you saying like how like it take another motherfucker to like make some shit cool. Like it was like we had never heard a guy like rap, like let alone talk rap, but then go from go from rapping the shit and then be like, I just want and go into success. We had a song like successful and this with the singing and the shit meshed. It meshed so well, like. I gotta give them some credit for that because they made it, they made it where it was like, oh, we could if other people start, oh, I could try that. Damn, I could change it up. So I I, I don't know. You just made me think of that though, I, right? I now. feel like I feel like when you bring up Drake, I was having a conversation the other day. I think a big person that inspired Drake, you know, when it, it may not be him precisely, but I feel like Nelly had the the recipe early on because he was able to do like I agree. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. When I was in high school, when Nelly came on, the girls loved him. Country and, Grammar, and, Nellyville. Yeah, ride with me and shit like that. Crazy. Yeah, he's definitely it doesn't get the credit he did. But I think he inspired people like Drake because you see Nelly was one of those first rappers to really sing and then spit the ball. He was different. He did the he was the first one to really do that country thing, too. Country Grammar. Yeah. That's what it was called. Let's yeah. not forget. <laughs> no, everyone thinks Lil Nas X was the first hip-hop rap collab, but it was actually Nelly with Tim McGraw. What about, yep, that's true. Nelly and Tim McGraw. Yeah. And then LL Cool J did something with some country singer I know one time. Uh, but if we want to talk about country and hip-hop, you know, uh, having a baby, that's when you get motherfucking Bubba Sparks, dog. <laughs> <laughs> 
absolutely. Bubba Sparks was dope. Bubba Sparks is dope. Bubba, I fucks with Bubba. Yeah. 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 No, but uh, just getting it more into, into this album and everything, just to, with your careers, but I, I wanted to touch on Stretch Money because I think a lot of times, too, with hip-hop today, you can't tell what's real. A lot of it's superficial, but a track that drew me to you and do my research about was Ill Feelings and learning about... Oh, yeah? Yeah, just hearing about how you were able to address that about about your father word word yeah 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 that's that's uh interesting that you picked that one out but what's even more interesting is that you are not the only one that picked that out we was just in the podcast together the other day and somebody picked that one out like and brought that record up and that's a record that's many many years old now like that was on my second tape so that was like 08 when I did that record. So, um, yeah, but the one thing about that record and like the, the songs I was doing on that on that project was just I was I was oily. I was wet. I was oily from all my studio work and experience and learning how to learning how to con- how to conduct myself and work in the studio from just regular old rapping. And like now I'm in here, I'm learning these structures, I'm learning ins and outs, ad-libs, action tracks, what to do with my vocals, how many times I need to do this. By the time I was on my second tape, I was so motherfucking like, like I, I, I knew everything to do and what not. I was, I was, I was so sharp. Like I, even to this day, like I feel like my second tape is better than the original tape that everybody was blown away by. And then my second tape, kind of got slept on a little bit and it was actually far better work i've only excelled from tape to tape but uh ill feelings was like my first time like digging deep in my emotion and expressing it on the record yeah Mm. like that was that was like one of my first times doing really the first time and i i not i did it good i cried when i recorded that shit Mm. No, it's 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 a powerful record, and and it, and it's a real story. You know what I'm saying? And, and my father passed. Uh, it's been almost two years now. So my condolences. Yeah, thanks. Um, we didn't get to fix that shit. Neither. Yeah. So that's the thing. Like, but that's when you hear this bill in Isaiah. You hear me talk about it on on the Have a Drink record. You know what I'm saying? So it's if you when you read this, uh, listen to this stretch money shit, it's like an ongoing book. It's like Star Wars, baby. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? For real. Yeah. So say if you guys feelings though. Yeah. Yeah. No, powerful record. Wanted to touch base on that. Just you know, it's rare to get records like that nowadays. But that is a, a real Detroit thing. If you look at back. A lot of times you have tracks that speak about their parents. When we look at cleaning out my closet, and then if you want to take it to Kim, I've never with really, yeah, wife. I've never really heard nobody rap about their parents and their heroin addictions. Like, so I, I, I think that's why I, that was that was my first attempt of strapping my nuts on, and like, like, ha- like having the courage to say and do some shit that I know what nobody would normally do, let alone my peers around me. You know what I'm saying? Like, for real, for real, for real. So, yeah, that was my first time at getting my feet wet with rapping my emotions out. Because before that, I never I had never actually rapped my feelings out for real. Like it was raps. You know what I'm saying? 
that shit was feelings. So that's the difference between ill feelings and a lot of other records. Yeah. With this album next, because you got the DJ Eclipse show coming up. I think you're heading to New York soon. What else do you have on the way with the rollout for this album? We got, uh, yeah, Sunday night uh, is Shay 45, DJ Eclipse. So Sunday night at 10, rap is out of control. Shout out to Eclipse. Shout out to DJ Riz and the whole Shay 45 family. We got, um, the other thing I can say is uh, uh, April 14th in Detroit is the day the album drops. And uh, we have a free to get in uh, listening session at a super dope record store right in downtown Detroit called Parameda. It's a bar. It's a it's a record store. And um, it's just going to be a good time. We're going to be playing the record. We're going to be selling the record. Come say what up. It's also going to be my little birthday bash. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so, have, you know, happy I'm early birthday. Driver, When's your birthday? You know what, what date's your birthday? April 14th. The day yeah, the I'm April 20th. Get, are you an Aries? I'm a Taurus. All right, you just passed the cool yeah. lane, but it's cool, bro. We have the same enough. month, though. <laughs> yeah, your, yeah, bir- your birthday on weed day, huh? Yeah. Oh, the- oh, yeah. 20. Yep. And then uh, other than the listening session, two weeks after that, Saturday, April 29th, uh, L Club, Detroit. It's the, the release party, the release concert. We got Bruiser Wolf from the Bruiser Brigade rocking with us. Super MC who brought us together. You know what I'm saying? He's rocking. Um, we got Asaka the Renegade. We got uh, Sage. We got Ellie San Diego hosting and DJ Head and J Mac are going to be on the ones and twos. It's going to be a hell of a night at L Club. We dropping a new single the night before that, too. Yep. The All day right. before the release party. We got a, yep, a new single dropping. The album will be out, but a new visual off one of the joints off the album. Yes, sir. What, what do you think is going to be the follow? Because I know we're it's the, the quick music era now. What, what's going to be the follow-up? You think you're going to do another play, like a player concept from the Pistons? You may take this to the Tiger. You're going to do a different team. What, what's going to be the next concept that you guys give us? Or is it just going to be a part two of Bill and Isaiah? Uh, I don't know. But as Stretch likes to say, um, Bill and Isaiah went back to back, and they won two. So got to do another one. This album is very 80s influenced, but the second championship was in 1990. So we may have to revisit it. You know what I'm saying? With a, with a slightly different vibe. Exactly. Yeah. College stretch money. Is there anything else you want to let the audience know that we didn't touch on the night before we check out of here? Go ahead, sir. Uh, get ready for the next single, them girls. Um, yep. We are Bill and Isaiah. Um. Thank you to everybody that's watching for all the support. Um, I am Stretch Money, Mr. Take Money to Make Money. Yeah. Um, I never quit. Yup. <laughs> we going strong. Um, the Slam Dunk package is available for pre-order right now. That's a good thing. Yeah, cheap you know plug. what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> if yeah, you go to so. BillAndIsaiah.com and, uh, and they're, they're, they're selling like hotcakes. Uh, go on there. There's a slam dunk package. It's a special box, a commemorative box, like a, a collector's box with the vinyl record. It's red vinyl record of Bill and Isaiah, the red cassette tape, uh, rally towels, uh, basketball cards of us, uh, the sticker. And it comes in a special box. Like it, it's, it's beautiful. It's dope as hell. 
And um, you you can pre-order that right now. Those get shipped out the day the album drops on April 14th. Oh, and the t-shirt. We got sweet ass Bill and Isaiah t-shirt in there. It's fire. It's really, really dope. It's all in the box. And the pre-order right now, if you get it, you save 10 bucks between now and April 14th. And they're going to ship out the day the album drops. Uh, Other than that, what I want to say is uh, shout out to you, Mad Max, for having us, bro. I really appreciate it. And uh, thank you to all the listeners who, who who gave us your ear tonight. And yeah, so we got three singles out right now: Sedimental, Commentate, and uh, Game Film that just dropped like not even a week ago. And we we even got like this, which we dropped like a year ago as like a, a teaser before we even announced an album. So if you just go on YouTube, type in Valid and Stretch Money. We out here, you know what I'm saying? Bill and Isaiah drops April 14th. Shout out to Funk Night Records. Shout out to Rebel Nation. They're kind of the battery behind our, our, you know, in our motor right now. And uh, shout out to this guy, Stretch Money. Follow Valid at Valid313. Follow me on Instagram at Stretch Money Official. Follow us both on Bandcamp. Get this exclusive music that we got. Bill and Isaiah, April 14th. Shout out to you, Max. No, yeah. I appreciate it, man. And, and just flipping it in your own way and make it because you the the concept was like Crockett and and Cubs. So you flipped it in your own way with Bill and Isaiah. And we sure did. We wanted to do an eighties and eighties. I wanted to, I wanted this shit to be Crockett and Tubbs so bad. I've been watching Miami Vice like for the last <laughs> few days. Just going through my, uh, I'm reminiscing. Oh man, I. He, uh, you should have seen the way Don Johnson was dressed the other day. It was crazy. When, yeah. when, 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 if you watch the sentimental music video that we dropped a, a couple months ago, it's all in there. That whole 80s Miami Vice. Yep. I got my, my my no sock loafers on with the linen pants. You know what I'm saying? With the pink t-shirt and the blue. Come on, dog. We, we Maybe I could convince him to do an EP with me and we come up with our own fictional names of two cops from Miami. You should. <laughs> he'll pull it off. You know what I'm saying? Or some shit. Or maybe we'll be you, Nick Nolte and Eddie Murphy next time. 48 around, hours. You know what I'm saying? Possibilities so, are endless, you dog. know. Yeah, it is. The possibilities are definitely endless, guys. Salute to you guys on what you're doing for hip hop, especially the underground scene, doing everything for That's Detroit good. and hip hop, man. I, I appreciate what you're doing out here, keeping it real and being authentic to yourself, and and taking things to 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 new limits. You know, pushing the boundaries. Yes, that's what we're here to do. You already know, guys. Salute to you. Thank you for coming on the show. You guys are always welcome. Take care and stay safe out there. Bill and Isaiah coming soon. Thank My you, man. brother. Yeah. You already know, man. Salute.